Cutting a gas line or electrical line can be deadly. No matter if it's weekend yard work or major construction, call One Call of Wyoming at 1-800-849-2476 or 811. Sponsored by Public Service Commission, Wyoming Association of Broadcasters in this station. At Brackleton's, we like to bring something new to the menu every few months, and it's that time again. So let's talk about one of our new dishes, pan-seared salmon. This is an 8-ounce salmon filet seared in butter with saffron risotto pilaf, tequila glazed sweet potatoes, and finished with blueberry serrano drizzle. The best of the best out west, Brackleton's Fine Food and Spirits. Located on Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Hi, I'm Sheridan Mayor Rich Bridger. Sheridan is one of the best places to call home in Wyoming. With beautiful parks, fantastic pathways, and great people, all surrounded by rolling hills and the majestic bighorns. I'm here to invite you to pitch in and help spruce up our little part of the world with some spring cleaning and participation in the annual Trees for Trash program. It's easy and it's free, and you'll receive a Siberian spruce ceiling for helping out. Just bring your load of trash to the city landfill on East Ridge Road between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. to get your free tree and a smile on the way out. Let's recognize this year's Trees for Trash sponsors with a big thank you to Sheridan Media, ERA Carroll Realty, U.S. Bank, Wyoming Corporate Office, Landon's Greenhouse and Nursery, and, of course, the city of Sheridan. Mark your calendar now, Saturday, May 7th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Sheridan City Landfill for the 2022 Sheridan Media Trees for Trash. Everyone's story is different, but one thing is always true. Your trade-in is just as important to the equation as the new vehicle. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, and we recently had a customer whose trade-in had been taken care of like it was part of the family and had sentimental attachment. We already had a local customer in mind, and they knew each other. Both of our customers were glad that they had come to Primary Motors that day. See us today at Primary Motors, 2305 Cochran Avenue, or online at primarymotors.com. Remember that cowboy in the song, him and his horse looking for water, cool, clean water? Well, if that cowboy and Dan were here today, they'd just call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in water drilling and pumps, residential or ranch, repair or service. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for a 307 Wildcat Well Service's ad in the country bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. You don't have to wait for the weekend to have a garage sale. Look around. What do you have to sell? Take a picture and put it for sale in the Country Bounty Photo Classifieds. It's fast, easy. Pictures really help your items sell, too. The Country Bounty is directly mailed to nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County. It gets results. Call the Country Bounty today, 674-4312, or email countrybounty at sheridanmedia.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. 
Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. Now, this morning I am joined by the Sheridan Police Department Chief, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. We may be joined shortly by Sergeant Nevada Krinke. Uh The captain and, and the chief were just informing me that uh, he got a call just before the show, so uh, he's out doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> his duties out there. Uh, now... Uh, first off, good morning, Sheridan Police Department. How are you? Good, Floyd. Morning. <laughs> now, the Sheridan Police Department has promoted two officers as of last Friday. I saw it on your guys' Facebook. I love it when you put that kind of stuff up. Great photos. Uh, for those who may not understand the idea of promotions, people who haven't served in the military before, people who obviously haven't been officers of law enforcement, why are promotions so vital to the Sheridan Police Department? Promotions in general in law enforcement are very important in that it provides additional leadership and accountability for the rank-and-file officers of of each department. Um, There are different levels of promotion, and with different levels come different responsibilities. Um, In this case, we promoted Jeremy Komet to the rank of corporal and Nevada Krinky from corporal to the rank of sergeant. Each one of those individuals will assume more responsibility, more leadership and guidance, and and each of the roles are similar, but just a little bit of different nuances uh, between the two. They're both um, a leadership role in the patrol and dispatch division. First line leaders. Yes, they are. They're first lines, and specifically the corporal position. That you know, the corporal is the one that's on the street that's providing guidance and and mentorship to the officers who are out answering calls, um, tr- patrolling doing the general investigative duties or the or the general duties of the patrol officer. And it's really important to have uh, that leadership in a position to help. Uh, we, we all have questions at any, I mean, I don't care how many years you spent in law enforcement, you're going to encounter something that you're going to have a question on or need a little help with. And when you look for those officers that exhibit the characteristic traits that we desire in our leadership uh, and are able to provide those those leadership skills to our department, it just helps the organization function and run better it's definitely one of those jobs it's different every single day hey speak uh, of the devil he actually oh, decided he to comes. show up here he some, comes. some excuse with work <laughs> good morning sergeant how are you <laughs> congratulations on uh, on your promotion oh thank you I got a, a lamp between you and I. I'll move over this way. <laughs> we'll get this going. It's no worry. Uh, go ahead and pull that mic in pretty close to you there. Thank you. All right. So if we were to look at it, uh, a chief captain, what are the duties of a sergeant? The, the duties of the – well, we start with the chief. The chief establishes the direction and, and the goals of the department to support the direction and the goals of the city of Sheridan. Um, the lieutenants – we have two lieutenants. One's a patrol, uh, a patrol operations bureau lieutenant, and one is the special operations bureau lieutenant. So Nevada, Sergeant Crinky now, works in the patrol bureau. And what the lieutenant does is establish the goals um, of, of that bureau that support the, ne- the next two levels being the department in the city. Um, what sergeants do is they have the huge responsibility of running one of the four patrol teams that we have. And they are responsible for implementing the chief's vision into the day-to-day operations of their team. Um, and they have a huge amount of um, leeway in that, how they um, 
essentially achieve the objectives that support the Cheats goals. Um, it takes a huge amount of intellect and creativity to be a successful sergeant uh, with our department. And they broadly steer the, um, their team to, towards goal achievement. And where the corporal comes in, they, are, uh, what, they perform what we call field checks. They're the first-line supervisor. They are the line – the sergeant still gets out in the field and takes calls and supervises. But it is the corporal's primary duty to make those field checks as the first line of supervision in the field – to make sure that not only are our department and city policies and procedures followed, we make sure case laws followed, and we also make sure that um, people's rights are protected. So we, um, the corporal is almost, a, it's, it's first-line leadership, but it's also development, leadership development. We've identified people early on who would be suitable for corporals, and as I've probably said in here before, we hire future corporals, and it was evident to the chief and I um, when Corporal Komet and Sergeant Krinke tested for um, the entry level with us that they were future corporals. Um, and it's also the corporal's job to develop the officers to take care of their position, as I'm, I'm sure you heard um, um, that the saying in the military, and we hear it all the time, we're one bullet away yeah. <laughs> from yep. needing something to do our job. Exactly. Um, so that that's in a nutshell, is, is, is their roles. Um, but sergeant, corporal to sergeant is, is, is a huge step. Now, it, you served in the military as well. Um, if, if I were to sit here and say that a corporal is a buck sergeant. Sure. A, a, a corporal is a, a, a sergeant's a platoon leader. And corporal's um, kind of like a, a squad. Yeah, a squad leader. Yeah. yeah. Nevada is a... Afghanistan veteran and 82nd Airborne veteran um, in the Army for quite a long time. Thank you for your service, brother. Um, Thank you. So you can weigh in. At any point. Corporals are like squad leaders, I would, yeah, I would section say leaders. Yeah, uh, corporals are equivalent to squad leaders or, like, a, like you said, a buck sergeant, you know, three stripes um, in the military with sergeant being that um, kind of broader overs, oversight. So platoon sergeant or platoon leader would be like the sergeant position equivalent in the police department, yes. Now, is there a difference uh, it, like there is in the military between a commissioned officer and a non-com? No. No. no so I get, one of the best parts about the law enforcement, I can work my way yeah. up to become a lieutenant it's or a captain. really either you're the chief who's an executive or you're not. Um, and then we have um, – different levels of management. The lieutenants and I would be considered um, upper level. Um, the sergeant would be mid uh, level. And then the corporal is first line. And it's actually, we, we reaffirm that. Stop me if I'm talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> we, Doing great. We, we reaffirm that because both uh, Jeremy and Nevada absolutely obliterated the promotion process, did extremely well. But what, Sergeant Crinky had to do was <laughs> there's an assessment center involved. We threw a little curveball. Yeah. So there's actually two assessment centers. Yeah. There's a first line, and the assessment centers are administered by WASCOP, the Chiefs and Sheriff Association. I'm going to steal a little bit of this for a second from me, but uh, Tom's an assessor for that, and as well as two, both of our lieutenants. But there's a first line, which is for those that are getting into the first, what's considered a first line leadership position, and then there's a mid level management, and they are entirely different animals but they're all based to assess, uh, uh, they're an assessment of skills. And they're specifically an assessment of the uh, of the individual being able to exhibit the leadership and some of the qualities 
characteristics. We talk about character here all the time, characteristics that we that we look for in leadership. Most of the time in almost every other agency in the state, if they have a corporal rank, um, corporals and sergeants will take the first line supervisor assessment. Moving into the lieutenant, like the captain explained, more of a, a, a mid-level or an upper-level management, um, they'll take the mid-level. We have a little bit different philosophy here and that, that we are, we want our sergeants to start thinking of that mid-level, looking at that higher, that 30,000-foot view. So we um, had our two candidates um, take the mid-level. Oh, wow. Um, and, and they, again, as captain said, they Nevada scored, scored extremely well at all steps. Our other candidate also uh, did extremely well. Corporal Snoozy is on the list for sergeant. He did extremely well on the process as well. And we got some amazing feedback from assessors who assess different candidates all over the state that, that they both performed extremely well in that process. That is fantastic. Uh, and, and we know the old adage, know the job above and below because you are one bullet away from getting that job. Yeah. And the lieutenants used to take the mid-level, and now we're going to have a community assessment for them. Um, but Nevada may be able to tell you what he thought of it. How much he's, now that he's recovered. From how it. was that? How was that? <laughs> the trauma. The trauma's over. Yeah, it's a uh, it is a draining process. It's you know you have 45 days to type kind of to prepare whether that's studying or reading the policies and the books that they they uh, hand out. But you know you do one part of it if it's the written test, and then you're kind of in limbo waiting for the next. You don't know how well you did. You know, you don't know how well the person that you're competing against. And then nerve wracking. Yeah. Then it's kind of a week of kind of a week or two of um, hanging around, not knowing, having that anxiety build up. And then the next uh, portion, the assessment center comes out. Um, and then you wait around for a little bit after that and, you know, a couple of weeks. And then, you know, you have the uh, the oral board. So um, it's not easy on the nerves and it's very, <laughs> feels very good to be done with that um, yeah. process. But um, I think it's just another aspect of uh, the promotional process of how well you can, you know, deal with that anxiety and uh, stress that builds up from it. So, and I think I think that's one aspect about training uh, that a lot of people don't understand who haven't served in a capacity of law enforcement or military. That stress is intentional. Yes, that yes. stress is is meant to be there because we need to know how are you going to react to that. Mm-hmm. Which way are we going to go? Uh, and 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 these assessors, uh, both uh, in in military service and, and law enforcement, are trained to find that weak spot, not not to exploit it, but to find that spot and then work on that. Here here's your weakness. Uh, you did great in X Y Z. If I was going to work on something, work on W and and head forward from there. I, I don't think a lot of people understand that. These are completely intended. To really kind of wear you down, uh, and, and not not horribly so, but to push you to the edge in some instances. Yeah, I mean, it is is better to a uh, better grasp or a picture of someone of how they handle a situation when they are stressed or when they do have that anxiety um, or pressure put on them, because anyone I think can make the correct decision within given enough time and you know enough of a calming environment. But you want to see how people react and, and how they perform under those conditions, because that's going to be the real life, real world conditions that they're going to be dealing in. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, in the military, we used to have 72-hour uh, missions. Uh, you're up for three days, because that is the closest that they can get to combat stress. 
uh, is to just wear you the heck out uh, and and see how you react after that. Uh, it, it's an effective training tool, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more on training when we return. We're going to continue with our Sheridan Police Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Elison Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Elison Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Hey, you. Yeah, you with this scafoozy house. It looks like some sketchy things been going on over there. In the yard, it looks like you've been burying things in it. I'm just saying, you ain't gonna get no real estate agent to take you seriously. And you can't sell at Fizbo or as is. It's a kiss of death in real estate. Trust me, I know. You want to get it sold? I know a guy. Devin at Wild Renovation. He'll come out, take a look, and make you an offer you can't refuse. Find him at wildrenovation.com or on Facebook. They're not just there at tax time. Cloud Peak Accounting's professional staff is available year-round to help you with your business accounting, personal records, and ranch accounting, too. With their easy-to-use website, it's easy to do business with them, and they're currently accepting new clients. Don't have time to come in to meet with them? Don't worry. You can even do business with Cloud Peak Accounting from the comfort of your own home. Visit cloudpeakcpa.com. McDonald's restaurants in Sheridan and Buffalo are currently looking to fill part-time and full-time positions. The benefits include pay of up to $15 per hour. And even better, you can work today and get paid tomorrow. Benefits include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. If part-time works better, there are a variety of part-time positions that are extremely flexible. Apply today in person. McDonald's in Sheridan and Buffalo. On this week's Weekend Sports Wrap podcast, we do talk about sports, the NFL draft, some baseball, some basketball, but our main topic, the greatest discovery in human history, a cave filled with 1.4 billion pounds of cheese. So we also begin the early stages of a heist plan for the cheese. So sports and cheese on the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and on sharedmedia.com and podcastwyoming.com. Doctors Joseph Ketchke, Ben Fowler, and David Fisher of Wild Visions Associates takes time out to salute our soldiers and veterans who have given their lives. We stand in awe of your dedication and are humbled by your sacrifices this Memorial Day and every day. This message from Wild Vision Associates, a quality business made up of people who care. Call 673-5177 or visit wildvision.com. Doctors Joseph Ketchke, Ben Fowler, and David Fisher of Wild Vision Associates in Sheridan and Dr. Jaron Olson of Wild Vision Associates of Gillette, remembering and thanking our veterans who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse brought to you by Eliason 
Financial. This morning, I am with the Sheridan Police Department Chief, Travis Coltiska, Captain Tom Ringley, and newly promoted Sergeant Nevada Krinke. We've been discussing the promotion process with our Sheridan Police Department, how they differ from uh, the military or, or and the characteristics that we're looking for within an individual. One practice that the Sheridan Police Department does that I think is absolutely amazing, they don't hire officers. They hire future leaders. And that's really saying something, and uh, it makes the hiring process uh, a little harder to get uh, to get through, but worth every step. Now, before we took a break, I had a question regarding training. Um, once I'm promoted to the rank of corporal or sergeant, what additional training responsibilities come down to me? Uh, and and I guess what training would you put me through? And then after I'm through it, what training am I responsible for, if any? So each level's got a little different um, level of training, and most of it's focused around leadership. By the time they get into that corporal position, they've got a lot of the base training for law enforcement skills, interview and interrogation, and a lot of the things that, you know, the um, CIT, even crisis intervention, those kind of things. But we, we move into that leadership um, side of things and leadership principles and fundamentals. Um, Everybody says, well, are leaders born or leaders made? And it's really kind of a a combination of the two. Uh, Your character is what allows you to follow those leadership principles, but but there's still good information to learn about learning styles. I mean, you really need to know adult learning principles in order to mentor and lead um, individuals on the street and understand how people learn differently. The the old days of my way or the highway is really not, doesn't work, Um, especially in our profession. We want independent thinkers. We want people that are questioning um, so they're going to question why a lot, and especially newer generation. I'm not slamming it, but it's a they want to know why, and so having that ability to provide that. So at Corporal, where we're moving into uh, a, a couple courses of preparing for leadership and also first line supervision that goes over those leadership styles and principles and how they can effectively apply those to their subordinates, to those that they're leading on the street. For sergeants, uh, we're really moving that into a, a training that many of us. Um, in the, in the upper level of the department have attended, which is leadership and police organizations. It's a three-week course that focuses on general leadership of an organization, driving mission and vision forward and how to, you know, getting a little higher level look of how what they do is that in a supervisory role, how that impacts the department and the community and how they can continue to influence in, um, officers and employees of the department to make decisions in the best interest of of the mission that we're pushing forward, so it's it's just a different it's an elevated um, amount and uh, of uh, leadership training and different you know just kind of building blocks I guess on top of each other, and then finally when you know uh, once you've been a sergeant for a while we we try to get individuals through a Northwest School of Staff and Command which is a ten week training wow. very intensive. Um, that one or the FBI National Academy, those are those are executive level trainings. But you're going to be looking at um, either been a sergeant for a while or you're in that lieutenant or captain role to get to those levels. So it's just building block on building block of leadership. I always likened uh, the promotion process within entities like this as like a target. And and with with our private or our new officer is the dot right in the center. And everything within that little red dot is their entire world. And then you move out just a little bit, and that sergeant takes care of everything within that little dot. And then out and out and out. And each step, you see a little bit broader picture, but it's always focused 
on the troop in the center. And I always kind of looked at it like that, and it sounds like uh, that's exactly what you guys do here, uh, looking at that, uh, the community, really, as your target. The community is the little dot in the center, and we get to see a little bit more of it and how we do things as we move up and out. Now, Sergeant, with your new promotion, you'll be uh, basically observing or or paying attention to the job, excuse me, of lieutenant from here on out as well. Uh, And so how long will it be until you're now eligible for lieutenant? Are we looking at... uh, Five, six years, ten years, a decade? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to enjoy being a sergeant for a while. <laughs> uh, I've been through the promotional process kind of on and off for the last, like, three years, essentially. Um, but there is, we don't have a, uh, a time requirement. You know, there is not something of you have to hit X amount of years before you're eligible for this. You know, if you meet the, the standards that we have for our department and the, the, you know, like the chief was saying, the characteristics and you understand the bigger vision, there isn't that like cap on you can't promote you know because you don't have enough years in. Oh wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah. The job descriptions have recommendation recommended qualifications for each level. Uh, recommended uh, like like they'll say first sergeant two to three years of experience with a year's experience of leadership or um, education equivalent to. So there's a lot of equivalency, and, and we've said it many times, just like a. Um, and I said it during the promotional process, you know, we promote, we don't promote to a timeline, we promote to a standard and to a qualification. And, and that's what we really look for. What person coming in, if they, um, you know, they have two years experience, but they are exhibiting all those characteristics that we desire and they're taking that active leadership role, that informal leader, that, you know, they're a good candidate. We don't say you have to be here 10 years before right. you can promote up. There is no timeline. Uh, there's recommendations. There's things in the job descriptions that provide, I guess I'd call it what, guidance or a rough outline of that, those sort of things, education and experience. It really, um, especially for once once finished as a corporal and promotes a sergeant and lieutenant, they only have to be out the 12-month probationary period, um, which even I think I just finished mine for captain. They're upon every promotion level except for chief. There is a it gets a little bit higher or longer. No, 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 it's always 12 months. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's part of our civil service rules. Um, and we have had to remove people from the, their rank because they weren't performing up to standard in probation. Nevada's been on probation for his entire time here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because he's promoted so fast. He's done such an outstanding job. Um, I can think of about five people that have been here less than 18 months that I would not want to go through a promotion process. Yeah. It's really... Um, the, the quality of our officers is just—it's—it's it's amazing, and Nevada was really one of the first in, in that wave. I mean, we've always had good officers, but this forward, forward-thinking, community-involved, crit, critical thinkers—it's—it's it's, problem-solving. Yeah, I mean, it's—and you need that on the street. Independent, and they don't have to just sit there and say, um, they don't have to turn around and say, "Hey, Corporal, hey, Sergeant, what do I do?" They're thinking of creative ways, like the critical thinking skills and the problem-solving, and goal orientation and mission, all that stuff. It's its just coming really natural to those everybody in that building. And, I, you know, we talked a little bit about how, how every day is different within this job. And, and every single situation is different within this job, not just the day. Uh, there's really no such thing as a typical stop. They're, they're all the stop. Yeah, and there, you know, there's a kind of a joke within law enforcement of, oh, I was on a routine traffic stop, and the word routine is, you know, kind of 
poked fun at because everything is completely different from one next, you know, one stop to the next or one day from, from the next day. So, yeah, everything is – you take it in as the circumstances and the situation that is there and, you know, move forward and try to figure out what the problem is and try to figure out how to solve it. So, But is that is that part of the draw of the job, Sergeant? Is that – is that part of the, I mean, you know, the old saying, you're not looking for adventure, but. Um, I, I, I think if people were honest, I think they would say they like the adventure. I think they like, you know, the um, going out and chasing bad guys. I think if everyone was honest. That's Every what, little kid wants to know, do that, right? Yeah, um, but uh, I guess getting away from the monotony is another thing I think draws people. If You know, I don't know what my day is going to include, and I think that has a draw for some people of, of just being able to handle something different every single day and coming up with inventive and creative solutions for them. Uh, and that's, I think that might be yeah, a, a good draw for some people. That's a fantastic job. It's a fantastic service. And uh, before I let you go, there is one service that you provided very recently uh, that I would like to talk about. I, I saw some numbers. I was extremely impressed. Uh, drug take back day happened on Saturday, April 30th. Uh, I, I put up a couple stories about this because I, I really like this program. Uh, how did it go? It went very well. Um, this Saturday, we received 61 pounds. 61 of, pounds. Uh, prescription uh, medication. Um, on the drug take-back days, anything we receive, we ship to the DEA. But people can access our drug disposal bin 24-7 at the police department. Um, that we take in easily 60 pounds a month, and then that is what Wow, really? Um, That's amazing. I think we were 450 pounds yeah. last year, some if I remember right, something like that. Repurposed within the community if, they, if they, certain seals aren't broken and they're eligible, or otherwise we um, incinerate them. So the, the whole program is fantastic. But we would like to thank everyone that did go to Walgreens. We'd like to thank Walgreens, who are just fantastic partners. Um, and it was a huge success. We really, we used to do it in September as well, but Ornate Digon, our evidence guy, always gets rained on. Yeah. <laughs> so we only have him get rained on one, once a year now, and but the, the community just uh, keeps in mind that um, they, they can dispose of drugs anytime they feel like it at the police department in our lobby. And you just head down to the lobby. It's a little box right inside the door. It's anonymous. You don't have to talk to anybody. Complete amnesty. Yep. Walk inside, wave, put them in a box, and out you go. Nobody asks any questions, and you've disposed yeah. of it properly. Yeah, um, our only limitations are no. Uh, there's certain types of drugs we won't accept. No, nothing with a needle, um, and some of the more radioactive type cancer drugs. I think. Yeah, yeah, because some of those are a little uh, a little active. Yeah. But all right. Well, I want to thank you both, uh, or well, all three of you for coming in this morning, Sergeant. Again, congratulations on your promotion. Thank you. Well earned. Thank you. Be safe out there on the road, Chief, Captain. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks again, safe. Floyd. Thank you for your service. All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with the Johnson County Commission Chair, Bill Novotny. This is Public Pulse on 9:30 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Building wealth isn't easy. 
It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Our advisory services are designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners so you can focus on your business. Our relationship is customized for what you want and need to ensure your business is as efficient as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. Do you enjoy dressing up in big hats and bow ties? Do you fancy buying food and drinks? Mark your calendars, buy your tickets, and pick out your favorite outfit for the downtown Kentucky Derby Party, Saturday, May 7th in Grinnell Plaza. Food from Verdello and Chef Don King, live music by the Nate Champion Band, and classic mint juleps. Funds support the Downtown Sheridan Association, helping enhance, preserve, and promote our historic downtown district. Get your tickets now at downtownsheridan.org. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and Moss Holders wants to help you show the mom in your life just how special she is. Every item at Moss Holders is on sale now through Saturday. Moss Holders has a huge in-stock selection, so you can find the perfect furniture to complement her space. Find a new chair, sofa, dining room, or bedroom set. Mattresses and accessories are all on sale, too. This Mother's Day, show the mom in your life how much you appreciate all she does. Moss Holders Mother's Day Sale, going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Checks continue to be the subject of more fraud than any other form of payment. First Federal Bank and Trust will help you stay one step ahead with Positive Pay for Business. Our Positive Pay service detects fraudulent checks early and prevents them from being paid. We believe in avoiding the hassle of check fraud investigation so you can focus on the best parts of your business. Contact Kim Wells, First Federal's Cash Management Officer, to get started with Positive Pay today. First Federal Bank and Trust, your partner in success. Member FDIC. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and I am joined this morning over the phone by Johnson County Commission Chairman, Mr. Bill Novotny. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Floyd. It's good to talk with you. I know. It feels like it's been months and months. <laughs> It has. Sorry we missed you last month, but we had a scheduling issue. Oh, that's okay. Uh, you've got things to do, and it's it's no worry at all. Uh, speaking of things to do, you're actually headed to a meeting right now, aren't you? I am. The uh, County Commissioners Association Board of Directors has a meeting in Jackson, so I am on my way over there. And I know uh, Commissioner Siddle uh, from Sheridan County is headed there as well, so uh, we'll set our budget and our priorities for the commissioners association. So, uh, uh, have, uh, have road will travel. Uh, sir, what exactly, uh, is the mission 
of, of this association? Well, the Commissioners Association supports commissioners all across the state um, through education and advocacy. Uh, you know, they uh, provide that first round of training that brand new commissioners get into. Uh, so you've been elected. Now you actually have to lead uh, to they're our main voice during the legislative session and then um, certainly work with the, the governor and the federal delegation on issues that impact county. So um, it really is one of the most effective associations in the state. And I'm really uh, very proud of the fact that I've been uh, the treasurer and now I'm the vice president of it. And so it's a great group. And you, you've always been very active uh, within that organization. Um, is that it? Would you say that that was uh, one one major component of you being in Cheyenne for the entire legislative process, or or were you there primarily just as commissioner? Or they're both the same thing. Well, it really what well, is the same thing, and and it um, it does go to that need to protect the interests of the counties when when the legislature gets in session, because sometimes they forget that when they pass stuff, then somebody actually has to either do what they say or, or feel the impacts. And so it's important that counties have a voice during that session. And that really is one of the great purposes of the WCCA. Now, I, I know uh, the Johnson County Commission had their 1% funding come up. Have those, has that been allocated, sir? It has, Floyd. And so uh, the committee met with all of the various nonprofits in our community that wanted to apply for funding and, and made those allocations. And so uh, we did approve those yesterday. And I know the city council heard from the committee last evening, and I think they're all set on that. So everything from uh, how we fund having the Sheridan College campus uh, in Johnson County, which is so important for training CNAs and, and letting people who maybe are a non-traditional student uh, have access to a college campus and to continue their education, uh, that's funded through these 1% dollars, um, Compass Center for the Families, uh, the Family Crisis Center, two very, very important organizations in our community. Uh, they receive funding support through 1% dollars. Uh, even little things like the Buffalo Golf Club applied for some assistance. They're working on a project to improve their water efficiency out there as they try to keep the greens uh, beautiful all summer long. And um, so some upgrades to their irrigation infrastructure is going to save a lot of water in our community. And a lot of people are talking about water right now uh, as we potentially go into another dry season. So uh, seeing investments like that of, of a few pennies that are generated here and there going a long way to address critical needs in our community. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, that is a, a tax that I've always always thought was fantastic, and, and it's it's very well used. The, the, the vetting process is long, but uh, I would definitely say worth it. Now, when you sit down and you look at your organizations that have applied for those funds, how do you personally vet those applications? Uh, what are you looking for? Uh, as, as you know, Commission Chair Bill Novotny, what, what are you looking for out of those applications? Well, what's great about the way 1% has evolved over the years, when it was first uh, made available to the outside entities, the city and the county got together and said, let's stand up a citizen board that first interviews everybody and makes recommendations. 
And so they sort through everybody and then look at the amount of money that has been collected and is available and make recommendations. And so those recommendations then come to the commissioners. And I really look at things like what's going to have the biggest impact on our community? What are things that are going to have a lasting impact uh, rather than kind of a one-time? Are these allocations that are going to maybe help a a group become more self-sustaining and able to uh, operate on their own without assistance. So those are really kind of the things I look for, Floyd. Now, sir, have, uh, as the county sat down and decided uh, on any American Rescue Plan Act funding, uh, have you, ex- first off, did Johnson County accept uh, an amount? And if so, what are you guys looking at purchasing with that those funds? Well, Floyd, uh, if you look at the, uh, you have both the CARES Act dollars and then the American Rescue Act dollars. And so uh, Johnson County was allocated uh, $1.6 million. And based off of the uh, the criteria that Treasury put out, our money is going towards um, revenue replacement because that allows for the broadest use of the dollars. And so those decisions are actually going to be made in this budget session. Um, we have not received all of the $1.6 million from Treasury yet. Then you get into those American recovery dollars, which went to the state and are going to flow through the slip board. And the slip board is in the process right now of writing the rules and regulations for the programs, which uh, those dollars then would be available for sewer and water projects, road projects. And so um, what we'll do during this budget session is we'll look at if we have um, money to set aside for the match on that uh, American Recovery Act fund. Uh, and the infrastructure funds, and then if they're appropriate. And so that'll be all decided in our upcoming budget session. How long does your budget session usually end up taking? Uh, There's three county commissioners over there in Johnson County. Do you find yourself uh, up late at nights? You do. Uh, You know, I take – we have budget hearings with all of the – uh, department heads, the other elected officials, and, and then just the general county budgets that the commissioners oversee. And so you work those through the day, and then I take it home as homework and, and study it and look at trends. And, you know, we're going to have to be forecasting things like what do we think the price of fuel is going to do over the course of the summer to make sure that um, the road and bridge department has enough budgeted for gas and tires, um, things that really uh, – we're pretty stable in the past are going to be pretty volatile this year. So making sure that we adjust those budgets accordingly. I mean, even paper, which Floyd, I never thought I would be concerned about the price of paper, but even that has gone up astronomical. And uh, when you're in the clerk's office, they use a lot of specialty papers to print titles and marriage certificates and things like that. And so uh, when you're seeing those supply costs double from last year, um, it does keep you up at night because you can only stretch the county budget so far, uh, but we still have to provide those essential services. Absolutely, and I think everyone from uh, the top on down is is having to tighten a belt and at the same time wonder how far we're going to get a dollar stretched across our, our, our own budgets. Uh, speaking of uh, supply needs and, and a cost increase, how is the nursing facility doing uh are are, is everything still on schedule there is everything still on budget that you know of? you know i'm glad you brought that up floyd so on um 
Monday, we had the members of the Joint Transportation Military Affairs Committee in Buffalo for a tour of the facility and an update. And I was uh, fortunate to be invited uh, to be there with them and answer questions that they had. And um, the goal is still uh, August completion of the facility. Uh, and then, of course, there'll be some inspections that have to take place before they can have occupancy. Um, the contractor is, is working very hard to meet that. You know, they have they need to get some shingles on one of the cottages. Um, certainly we need some warm days and not windy days to get that done. Um, they are, like everybody else, experiencing some delays in the supply chain. But at this point, really the only thing that uh, the director of, of the nursing home told me that was probably not going to be there and ready for them to open is the patio furniture for the residents to sit on on the porches that they have. So that that is reassuring that, you know, we're going to be able to have the medical equipment that they need, you know, the appliances, the fixtures, um, that all looks like it's going to be delivered on time. And uh, certainly the contractor is working uh, as fast as they can to get that done uh, with a quality product that is going to last for a really long time. And what I can tell you, it is beautiful. Um, the layout is fantastic. And so uh, a veteran uh, or Gold Star family member who ends up uh, needing that level of care, um, they're going to be very well taken care of. I'm very excited to uh, see this facility. We've been waiting on this for a little while. And uh, I know that the, the Johnson County Commission fought so hard to ensure that it would be built within the community. Uh, I, the next issue I would ask about that, sir, is did they discuss any any staffing issues? I mean, everyone's going through some, some pretty difficult staffing issues right now, and I can only imagine that they faced uh, a, a mountain of challenges trying to get a hold of those medical professionals. Well, like every healthcare facility across the country, you know there's a shortage of nurses, CNAs, and, and medical support staff. Um, they were able recently to fill the vacancies that they had. Uh, they had just hired two nurses up at the veterans' home and the CNA. So, uh, in terms of, of being able to keep on track with staffing, it looks like that. Obviously, you're going to have new positions that are going to open up once they're ready to open that facility. Um, but at this point. Uh, one of the things that uh, the director up there has, has shared is the fact that um, with the state's uh, payroll uh, schedule and, and the way they pay folks, uh, the CNAs up at the Veterans Home were actually the had become the lowest paid CNAs in, in Buffalo and Johnson County because they didn't have the flexibility like the uh, private institutions to raise those rates to stay competitive. So, um, you know, we've got to visit with the legislature about how we make sure that the director up there has the discretion uh, and flexibility within his budget to make sure that those positions are, are competitive so that uh, he can compete for the available workforce. But, uh, you know, it's it certainly something that is, is on everybody's mind is how do we get uh, – more heroes into healthcare because that's really what they are for. They're or heroes, those folks who uh, take care of people when they're vulnerable. 
And I imagine one day I'll probably end up within that facility, so I hope it's staffed very, very well. Now, uh, as we as we look at some of the issues that uh, Johnson County has faced over the last year, Lake DeSmit Shoreline had an issue last year. What is new about the shoreline, and uh, what do we need to know? Well, we've updated our, our shoreline regulations uh, that were originally adopted in uh 2015, after a few years of them being in place and, and working with landowners that have built uh, homes out around the lake, um, we found some areas in the regulations that we needed to update. And so those have been updated. Uh, we have the tunnel open to the lake, so we are filling the lake right now out of Piney Creek. Uh, certainly the last bit of moisture has really helped our operating department because uh, we got to a point where there weren't enough uh, – acre feet of water in, in Piney Creek for us to begin to fill. And so uh, we'd like to be able to catch a lot of this early spring runoff if we can uh, to make sure that we've got all the water in Lake Smith that we need over the summer for uh, the downstream irrigators, for the folks who like to recreate out there. And then also we do sell some industrial water, um, and that's primarily used in road projects. So they can, um, when they gravel roads, do dust abatement or do highway construction, they need water. And so uh, we do sell water uh, for road construction. And so we've got to get that filled now so that this uh, summer in the event that there's a call, which we already know there's a call on the Tongue River uh, for water that uh, with the rights we have that we're able to make sure that we've got all the water we need. Now, another situation, sir, I've only got about three minutes left. Uh, This is the second month of the new tax collection system for mineral companies. How is that situation going? The ad valorem by the monthly payment is going great. Uh, Johnson County got its first payment of the new system in uh, March, and we just got our second one in April. This second payment was $1.6 million, uh, and uh, 600000 of that, excuse me, was a payment from Carbon Creek. They uh, actually paid their monthly ad valorem, and they paid it on time. So uh, we are really pleased. The Department of Revenue is pleased with the new system. Uh, it was a great change to the state law, and it's going to have a big impact uh, on counties across the state. And, again, we got to remember that 70% of that ad valorem money that's collected belongs to the school. And so uh, we'll be able to make sure they have the resources they need. Now, what do we do with the rest of that, the, the other 30%? Where do we like to put that? Well, Floyd, that belongs to uh, either the city of Buffalo, to Johnson County, or to the special districts. So that's what goes to support the fire district. That's what, uh, through the three mills that the hospital levies, goes to make sure that uh, the Johnson County Healthcare Center is able to keep their doors open and, and pay their folks. So um, that's where the rest of that ad valorem payment goes, or to the, the special districts. Uh, the city of Buffalo and uh, the county. Of course, for the city of Buffalo, it's really not a big uh, amount because you don't have really a lot of energy production that happens inside uh, their territorial boundaries. But if there was something related to that, then they would get it, but primarily it would go to the county. All right. Well, Commissioner, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, I I miss talking to you. (laughs) I can't wait till I speak with you again. (laughs) Good luck, and and please be careful on your travels. 
Okay, thanks, Floyd. It's good to talk to you, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Share. takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Elias and Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Elias and Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and Moss Holders wants to help you show the mom in your life just how special she is. Every item at Moss Holders is on sale now through Saturday. Moss Holders has a huge in-stock selection, so you can find the perfect furniture to complement her space. Find a new chair, sofa, dining room, or bedroom set. Mattresses and accessories are all on sale, too. This Mother's Day, show the mom in your life how much you appreciate all she does. Moss Holders Mother's Day sale, going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. When you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one, too. (laughs) And that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now at McDonald's, try one of our icy cold slushies. Enjoy deliciously refreshing flavors like the new tropical mango or strawberry watermelon and pair it with our world-famous fries. Price and participation may vary. This September, Keno is going to be Wyoming's hottest draw game. That's right. Wild Auto is bringing Keno to town, and they're onboarding new retailers all summer long. What's so great about Keno? People love to play. It's fun, low-cost entertainment for everyone 18 and older. Selling Keno is a proven way to lift your business, attract new customers, rake in bigger tabs, and tap into new revenue year over year. Join Wild Auto for a free info session Tuesday, May 17th at 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. in Sheridan at the Fulmer Public Library on West Alger. That's Tuesday, May 17th. No reservations required. They'll answer your questions and talk about how Kino can boost your bottom line. Learn more and start your Kino retailer application at wildlotto.com slash Kino retailers. That's wildlotto.com slash Kino Retailers. Whether you're planting a tree or digging a foundation, contact One Call of Wyoming at 1-800-849-2476 or 811. Call two business days before you dig. It's free and required by law. Repairs to utilities can be expensive. Cutting a gas line or electrical line can be deadly. No matter if it's weekend yard work or major construction, call One Call of Wyoming at 1-800-849-2476 or 811. Sponsored by Public Service Commission, Wyoming Association of Broadcasters and the station broadcasting from the jill bates investing studio brokered by exp K-R-O.